Welcome to the Kata Brothers Travel Club, a travel podcast where we explore some of the best destinations through interesting stories from locals and people that have had meaningful experiences around the world. We started this podcast to connect with friends, both old and new, to learn important lessons through traveling. We hope you get as much out of these adventures as we do. Before we get started, don't forget to hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts or the follow button on Spotify, so you're always notified when new episodes drop, and so you're officially a member of the Travel Club. Now, grab your passport, because we got a flight to catch. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Kata Brothers Travel Club. We're your hosts, Jared and Brendan Kata, and we're back for our 10th episode. Uh, it's been amazing. It's been so fast. Yeah, really. I know. I can't believe we got through 10 episodes in such a short amount of time. I know. It feels like it was a, It was only yesterday that we were starting off just kind of piloting with uh, ourselves as the guests yeah. for a Miami episode, and we've now traverse the world yeah almost there's obviously millions of other places that we want to go to and explore and talk to people from but um feeling pretty good about the the first 10 episodes brennan what have you been up to this week this week i started uh taking up my first quarantine hobby i uh, I, I wanted to get into drawing it was something that i've wanted to do for a long time but i would pick up a pencil, do a sketch, and then be unhappy with the result and immediately, like, get rid of it. Mm -hmm. But I've been using this podcast as an inspiration to give myself a goal. And that goal is to, like, I want to be able to comfortably sketch, like, in a travel notebook. And as long as I can get to that point, like, during the quarantine, I'll be happy. And that's actually really helped, like, having a, a set objective in mind. That's really cool. I think it's awesome that people are picking up new hobbies during quarantine, uh, especially things that kind of get you out of your comfort zone or at least get you onto some kind of routine, you know, yeah. quarantine hobbies are what they are. Yeah. Um, but, but speaking of getting out of your comfort zone, I feel like that's something that people are always seeking out of their travel experiences. And, uh, I was wondering, do you have any travel stories that come to mind when you think outside of your comfort zone? When I first moved out to Miami and we started making trips down to like Central and South America, that was definitely beyond what a typical trip felt like to me as a traveler um, and has since become like very comfortable and something I really look forward to. But one story in particular that just like comes to mind for outside of my comfort zone uh, was that trip that we made to an outdoor market in Cartagena, Colombia. Mm -hmm. It was an excellent experience to like see how local people live there and it's not something that I would trade for anything. But I think we were looking for one thing and it ended up being a lot more um kind of gritty and off the beaten path yeah i think well i, I don't know if i would even say off the beaten path i mean to me what the market was it was called Bazerto. it was sort of like if you went to, on a vacation you went to a bus terminal like it yes, was just yeah. like literally daily life and it's really not there to amuse a couple of tourists yeah and, yeah. and so i i totally agree that was an experience that was really outside of my comfort zone and I don't know if I would ever recommend people to go there, but yeah. uh, I think that on the flip side, something that took me out of my comfort zone, but that I was immediately like able to embrace was when I went skydiving in Chile. And it, that was a really incredible experience, but that first leap outside of the plane was definitely something that I'll never forget. 
and as soon as you're just falling, then then kind of those fears go away. Yeah, uh, yeah. in a weird way. Interesting. It's like that's when the fear diminishes. But there was the Andes on one side and the Pacific Ocean on the other, and it was just an incredible experience. Would and, you do it again? Yeah, absolutely. I think I would um, with the right people. Sure. Yeah. Of course. Of and, course. Which was was a big part of it. Now, this might not be the most seamless transition from skydiving in Chile to uh, what I'm about to talk about next, but I think that it was important to mention stepping outside of your comfort zone because the topics that we're going to discuss on this episode of the Cotta Brothers Travel Club are not your typical discussion points, or at least not your typical interview questions. Sure. The beginning of this episode is a little bit different from what we normally do. Um, we eventually do break into a really interesting and compelling city guide for Frankfurt. But first we have a meaningful discussion with our guest Pierre about uh, the protests in response to racial injustices happening in the U.S. And these are protests that are also happening um, all around the globe. We're very excited to head to Frankfurt now, especially as a city that might not be the most popular destination in Germany, but one that really has a lot to offer. I think that travel guides like this are especially useful in places that are a little more off the beaten path. So without further ado, here's Pierre. All right, Pierre, welcome to the Cotta Brothers Travel Club. Thank you so much for joining us. Good morning for us. I think it's afternoon for you. Uh, this is our earliest episode uh, recording, but we're really excited and we wanted to talk to you. So would you do us a, a favor and introduce yourself for the audience and uh, let us know what you do, where you are, and uh, where you live? Yes, indeed. Well, good morning, good morning, or good afternoon <laughs> to everybody that's in Europe right now. Um, thank you for having me. My name is Pierre Slack. Uh, I am originally from Germany, actually right now reporting live from Germany, but based out of Oakland, California. Been uh, over stateside for about the last 16 years, so home is, uh, is on both continents, but uh, certainly right now had the fortune to be able to travel over to Europe, even though we're still kind of in the COVID or post-COVID phase and um, kind of hopped on that first plane over to Europe. <laughs> nice, nice to see family, see some friends. You still have a lot of friends over there. I, I see you uh, hanging out with tons of people. Yes, so actually my friend base luckily is always increasing, uh, even though I'm you know, staying and living over in the US, but I still am very tight uh, and close with a lot of my friends from back in middle school and high school that I had right before you know, I moved over to the States. And, and uh, I mean, we, we would be doing a disservice if we didn't mention uh, and give a shout out to uh, Brenton Muhammad, who is our great friend now, our mutual friend now, uh, who we interviewed for our, our Iceland episode. How did you meet Brenton? Yes, B-Man. So Brenton and I go, go back. Um, we both actually went to the same college together, Florida Tech. Shout out to all folks that went to FIT. It's a smaller school, but a big international community at the college. You know, we all just got to know each other. Brenton, a big uh, soccer player and, uh, you know, everybody from Europe, man, we love to play soccer. So, but <laughs> I mean, in general, <laughs> in general, I mean, it's uh, it's a good connection, uh, you know, within the school, it's a small, small school. So uh, probably something else that we're going to talk about is, you know, TML, Thank Me Later, um, yeah. which is, you know, my events company that I launched and started uh, in college, actually, and, and Brenton was heavily involved in that as well um, and supporting us. And pretty much we threw some large, pretty big uh, college parties at FIT or in Melbourne, Florida. Yeah, so just trying to bring the world together. 
Very cool. That's that's awesome, and I we do definitely want to talk about uh, TML a little bit later. But that that idea of bringing the world together, I think that that was something that was the inspiration for this podcast, and it was kind of started, of course, during COVID nineteen quarantine when when we were locked down and we couldn't explore, we couldn't do our usual adventures. And uh, you know, you were lucky to be able to go home to a place in Europe. A lot of people are stuck uh, in in their apartments or in their houses. Uh, so we wanted to bring the world to them. That was sort of the idea. You know, as things have kind of evolved and changed and, and COVID has become a little bit less of the focus, we still think that that idea of unification and, and togetherness and, and talking to people across the world is maybe even more important given the current uh, events with uh, the, the murder of George Floyd and, and some of the, the activities with Black Lives Matter and the protests around the world of which I know that, that you've been uh, involved in, we've been involved in here in Miami. So I, I just wanted to, uh, to know, like, how are you doing? How, how are you feeling lately? It's always hard in an audio medium, but you are a, a African-American or not, I suppose not Afro-German. Afro-German. <laughs> Afro-German. Afro-German. Learning so, a new term. So yeah, we're learning new terms. And, and so it's important for the audience to understand that this is a, a cause that affects you uh, it affects us, but I think that it obviously affects you in, in a larger, more personal manner. We have a couple questions that we wanted to ask, but first of all, you know, how are you feeling right now? Yeah, so first of all, thank you guys for, for putting this together. I think this is amazing, you know, especially right now after three months of lockdown that we all felt California was one of the first states that locked down and probably the last one that just opened up about what a week and a half ago. Um, so, you know, hearing y'all's podcast uh, after Brenton kind of introduced it, it was uh, a good breath of fresh air. Seeing, like hearing the outside world, you know, traveling something that I, I love to do. Technically, I was already supposed to be in three different countries um, over these three months. <laughs> and unfortunately, I was not able to go anywhere. This Germany trip wasn't even planned either. It was just something spare at the moment. I was trying to figure out how can I get out of the country as soon as the airports pretty much open up. Due to dual citizenship, I was able to, to kind of finagle my way into Europe. I told a lot of my friends just coming over to Europe has just been such a mental relief for me. Um, you know, mental illness is something that a lot of us, especially I would say men, underestimate of how much it does affect us, you know, and, and the fact that we have, you know, been locked up, um, even though I work from home a lot of times, being confined to a house and not really being able to step out is, is something that that over time just really starts playing with, uh, with you mentally. Uh, you know, and then for me, right before I left, you know, all the, the protests had started in Oakland specifically, right, actually right in front of my house. I just so happened to live right next to the police station in Oakland. And, um, you know, being a, as we mentioned earlier, Afro-German, but African-American and uh, German, for me, this, this, this struck home, you know, it struck home because um, from a factor that, you know, there's so much injustice still happening in the U.S. And it's, it's something that a lot of times folks don't want to talk about. So seeing the protests, seeing the riots from myself, it's something just... Um, a voice of the unheard, pretty much. You know, it's a voice of the folks that when you're living in a society that individual where these kind of topics folks don't want to talk about, it is it's very important to actually then speak up and, and do your part. And when, when we say do our parts, it's, it doesn't mean that you have to be out on the streets protesting. It doesn't mean that you have to put post a flyer or post a post about it. 
every single time. But even having the conversation like we're having right now is 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 contributing. Is 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 really um, trying to to make a change. So for me, the first thing that I did, even when I reached down to Germany, is I've had uh, all my friends uh, that when first conversation that we had is is we pretty much talked about the situations right now in the U.S. And surprisingly, a very just candid conversation that I had with two of my friends. Uh, big shout out to Victor and and Gene. But it just so happened just stopped by for for a beer and we ended up talking for about four hours straight about, you know, political uproars and, you know, civil rights movements and especially, you know, Black Lives Matters. And, you know, it's the factor of individuals not quite understanding what that term really is trying to highlight. You know, it's not the fact that anybody's saying, hey, only Black Lives Matters. You know, it's the fact that when you have a group in society that is not being treated according to the justice system in the U.S., you know, it's, it's something that just needs to be highlighted. Yeah. Uh, it was amazing, you know, as I, as I mentioned, and Jared, I think you saw when I landed here, I was actually uh, able to attend a protest in Frankfurt. It was amazing. I mean, I just came from tear gas and fires lit up, you know, right outside of my house in Oakland to seeing folks around the world really as energetic but in a very peaceful manner, protesting. And that, that was just love, you know, just seeing, seeing folks around the world really supporting the movements. And, and I mean, it's partially just hearing folks just talk about it on the side, you know, while they're walking down the street, while they're walking down the Mites aisle, you know, in Frankfurt, individuals just talking and having the conversation is, is already a big step forward. You know, it's, it's something that um, it literally brought goosebumps to me when, when I was able, like walking out to the, to the protests and just seeing signs up and the energy, the energy was there. The energy was, uh, you know, the same energy that I felt when I was in the U.S. And so it was just amazing to see. And I think I saw somewhere that June 6th went into the book, history books, just, just uh, due to the fact that all 50 states at that point had protested plus yeah. i think 17 additional countries around the world and that's something that has never happened before you know in in our history so it's it's beautiful to see it doesn't stop here though the sure. it has to continue and we have to continue having these conversations so i, I honestly I, I appreciate you guys you know even even have platform to talk about it here on your show absolutely yeah I mean, yeah, no, definitely. We're, we're happy. I mean, it's a small platform, but it's, we're happy to use it for something like this, especially. You've been in the U.S. for a long time, and, and things like this, protests like this, have happened before. And so we were wondering, how does this feel different? How is it different from before? I think we can definitely tell that we're in the trend of millennials and younger generations where, you know, stuff spreads like wildfire. It's trending, which in this case, I love this trend. I, I'm, I'm for it every single 24, seven, 365. Let's continue this trend. Then coming to Frankfurt and seeing, you know, the energy matching, it, it was just amazing to see, you know, I, I think traditionally, I mean, if I just think about social media, you know, it took Germany Germany is typically, a little bit more reserved and catching on to trends so you know it takes a little bit longer at times to catch on to trends uh you know when when facebook became big in the u.s you know it took probably germany a couple years i would almost say five to really catch on to that trend and really be on on those platforms same with ig and so forth i mean these days we've seen 
things just spreading much quicker. And, you know, I would say, especially right now, I feel like 2020, something gets uploaded and like I said, it could spread like wildfire. So it was amazing to see that this particular uh, movement spread across across the world. You know, it's not just something that stayed in 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 the U.S. or it's just barely um, spread from state to state. It's something that, as it was uh, being discussed in the U.S., same the conversations were being had uh, here in the in Germany. So. I think that the difference now is, is that so many people are doing it. So many people are lending support, even different people in the U.S. that had never been out on the street before are really taking their time to inform themselves, hopefully, and then also to to act on the that information and, and be a part of the solution. Uh, so that, that's, that, a, that's very important. It's, it's really to, to go out there and educate yourself and, and really dig a little deeper and, and ask the question why, you know, just because it doesn't per se affect you. It's always good to try to understand. I live by that even in my travel world. You know, when I travel, I, I try to understand other cultures and other, you know, everything about the other country or wherever I travel to, you know, I think that's very important, even if there's stereotypes that folks might have. I think I think that's a great as good a lead in as any, and of course we want to continue this conversation uh, about the protests and the movement around the world. But this is a travel podcast, and we know that you have done some incredible travels, some extensive travels. You also have great information about a destination that we're interested in. But the the first question that we like to ask is is what does traveling mean to you? Man, traveling. What does it mean to me? I think it's something that is just embedded in me. It's part of my DNA. It's something that honestly allows me to be free, as free as you can be, or no more than that. <laughs> like you're just free. Like I think I think when you're when you're in the in the sky. I was just thinking about it the other day when I was traveling. I was looking out the window and I was just like, man, it's it's you know free like a bird essentially, and you're being able to just hop on a plane and just go and explore different cultures and really submerge in different cultures. And that, that's, that's to me the, the number one thing that I love to do when I, when I go travel. Now, I also wanted to ask you if, ha, have you had any experiences while traveling that you feel were especially meaningful because you're a black man or an Afro-German, as we should also say? <laughs> it's not an official word yet. We just uh, we just created that one. <laughs> but no, there is Afro. Actually, there is Afro Germans. There is. It, I think you can find it. <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, yeah. The most meaningful experience for me was going to uh, to Africa or Kenya specifically. Um, that is probably one of my top trips that I've ever taken. I have a lot of Kenyan friends through FIT, uh, as I mentioned. It's, but yeah, big shout out to one of my best friends, you know, Obed Oboge. Um, a big shout out to Cynthia, you know, all of those. That was actually my first trip I ever was able to to take to Africa. And, and I think for anybody that's from African-American and African descent, I think it is very important to to go back to the motherland, like really to understand um, you know, the roots and really to understand that the history didn't start with slavery. The history started with kings and queens. And, you know, we all come from that bloodline, you know, and it's just something that I think it's, it's amazing to see. It's, it's amazing to see like the, the country, the continent in itself, you know, is, is full of riches, you know, and it's, it's something that we honestly don't get taught enough in the educational system, you know, and that's on both continents. That's from schooling that I can compare to in Germany, but also schooling in, in the U.S. That narrative has to change. No, absolutely. 
when you're learning about like the history in Kenya, were there any sites that you felt were particularly impactful that people really need to see when they make a trip like yours? I mean, I, it's dope to see like when, when going to, to Africa, you know, a lot of in, in Kenya specific, you know, there's a lot of tribes you know, uh, Kisi, uh, Maasai, Akamba, you know, all of these have tribes, all these tribes have like um, their own cultures themselves. And a lot of times their own language. I mean, I was even given a, a Kamba name, Kyoko, nice. which means the son that was born in the morning. So it's, it's a dope experience, you know, and it's something that, like I said, I think it's like, it's just a, mu it's a must trip. <laughs> it's like yeah, this year, actually one of the trips that unfortunately is probably going to have to be canceled is, you know, due to um, Corona and the COVID pandemic is there was actually a big Africa trip that was planned. Um, oh, really? And we were supposed to go to Ghana, um, Morocco, South Africa. So there was a couple more destinations, you know, or there's a lot of destinations that we definitely want to. Yeah, absolutely. That was um, a huge. <laughs> Sorry to hear that that got canceled. That sounds amazing. It got postponed. Post postponed. <laughs> that's, right. that's a better way to put it for sure. Nothing's canceled this year. Um, so we wanted to talk a little bit more about your 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 home city, your hometown, Frankfurt, Germany, which looks honestly really amazing. The the pictures that you've been posting on IG it looks beautiful. So I. I I wanted to ask a few more questions because now I, uh, suddenly it's appeared on my bucket list. We always talk to our guests about four big things in, in the destinations that they're familiar with, and that's food and nightlife, culture and excursions and outdoors. So I think that the most important thing to talk about first is food because you are a chef on YouTube. You have a new show that you've been putting out where you are cooking some, some German cuisine and so uh, can you tell us a little bit more about that? What was the inspiration for, for your cooking show? Uh, and then we have a couple <laughs> questions about Frankfurt food. Yeah, so Chef Boy P, um, yeah. it's actually one of the, the qu uh, quarantine chronicles that uh, happened. So I do love food. I love to eat. I think that's why my six pack has always been uh, postponed as well. <laughs> but uh, no, definitely. That's the number one thing. When I travel, I, I try to explore the food culture. So, you know, um, as we were talking about Kenyan, Yamachama up to this day is still one of my favorite dishes, you know, and, and wherever I go, it's it's something, you know, whether it's Trinidad and Tobago, you know, doubles, you know, it's just too much food to name it. But I, I definitely, that's that's part of the submerging into the culture is, is the uh -huh. food culture, you know, I, I think it makes a big difference. So uh, actually, I'm trying to introduce some more street foods uh, into the I would say U.S. culture, and I was actually thinking about, or not thinking about, I'm actually making, taking actions now and, and trying to open up a uh, dinner kebab restaurant uh, in uh, the U.S., specifically the Bay Area. Uh, first thing that I run to when I land is to my, to my local dinner connects, and, you know, I, I go and eat a dinner kebab, and uh, Jared, you probably saw it on my IG, is that yeah. <laughs> that was literally the first stop before I even got to the house was to grab a dinner. And, um, so that the the inspiration for the cook show really started at that I was been working on finalizing my concept for my own like recipe and I was really just trying to record it and I don't know I guess I'm a natural entertainer that as soon as the the spotlight hit hit me I just went into performance mode and kind of combined uh, cooking and my passion for dancing and music into one 
a little cook video and it just got such positive feedback from a lot of folks that I, I just decided like, hey, let me let me try to do another one. And uh, the second one that I've done, I just wanted to kind of highlight a couple other dishes that, like I said, folks usually fall in love with when they come to visit Germany. We, we should give a shout out to uh, TML TV, which is your uh, your YouTube channel, right? Indeed. Follow, follow, subscribe. So we're going to continue doing that. Big shout out to my cousin DJ Drake from the Bay. Yeah, so no, we're we're gonna we're gonna have some exciting things, you know, especially right now where um, folks are glued and still stuck a little bit more at home. We're gonna try to provide some entertainment one way or the other. <laughs> That's great. That's awesome. All right, still on the topic of food, my brother has a question for you. What food do you feel Frankfurt does better than any other city in Germany? I would say Frankfurt just has some cuisines that you will get nowhere else but frankfurt and you know and that so so schnitzel is known all around germany pretty much so you can get variations of schnitzels anywhere you go but like in uh the youtube channel for instance in my uh homemade schnitzel episode or battle of the schnitzels uh, i made actually mama slack style schnitzel which is uh, mozzarella and uh, tomatoes with a sauce hollandaise on it. And then I made Frankfurt style Grünzos schnitzel, which is, <laughs> Grünzost is very, very, very known here in the Frankfurt metropolitan area. And you probably won't see it anywhere else across Germany. So it's something that's very unique for this particular area. And then you have, you know, other um, dishes like Handkäse with mit Musik, Handkäse mit Musik, um, which is, means it's like a cheese. It's usually like in a vinaigrette type of sauce with onions. It's probably not the fans most favorite because it's very, um, yeah, it's unique, but uh, palette. yeah, <laughs> but uh, in the music part, it actually is a reference to uh, usually you get some gas after eating it. And so when you uh, have to lift your right or butt, left butt cheek, you know, <laughs> that's where the music part comes into play. <laughs> <laughs> but they all pair very well with some apple wine. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, we, we, we wanted to know a little bit more about apple wine, that's for sure. What would be a good restaurant that people could go to get, like, authentic German food? The good thing is you have a lot of authentic food around because Germany is not really overcrowded with a lot of franchises. So that's, uh, you know... That's the beauty. Um, a lot of spots are authentic. The question is, are they good versus, you know, maybe not the fan favorite. So it's uh, one of the big ones, especially for like traditional cuisines and, and local traditional cuisines, you know, as we were talking about, Handkiss uh, and Mosaic and Grüne there is a spot called Ado Wagner. That's probably a really good, like, authentic taste-wise, but also giving you a good experience of like the local traditional culture you, you talked about the doner kebabs what's your favorite spot for that oh boy oh boy that's like choosing my favorite barber right now um <laughs> uh that's a i mean you know you you doner kebabs i'm trying to think how can you compare them um they are everywhere in germany like literally you can find two on a block and it's kind of like, and I live a little bit of right outside of the Frankfurt uh, area, more in the Met Frankfurt metropolitan area. So um, I have three big go to uh, one. So big shout out to Ufuk, uh, Dennis and uh, Chianek. So those are my three favorites, but it's funny. Like I have to be in a mood for either one of them. Like I have, because they all have their like 
almost their secret sauces. The meat tastes a little bit different. You know, the way they, even the way they stack the meat and put the tomatoes and the lettuce and, and so forth on there, it, it just varies. So, the, you know, which bread they're even using. So it just kind of depends on which one you're in, but you certainly can't go wrong with either of those. And for the most part, most dinner kebabs are, are good. So if you're in Frankfurt, Trust me, you don't have to look for the ones I just mentioned. If you see a dinner kebab, nine out of 10 times, you're not going to make a mistake of just walking in there and just ordering one. So You make it sound like a very emotional experience. Like you really have to be in tune with your, your inside to know which one to pick sometimes. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. Well, as we transition to the next topic that we want to talk about, which is uh, the nightlife, I was wondering if you could give us a little bit more information about the Apple one. So Apple one, yes. So that's actually... Or, Ebiway, Epla, um, is actually something that is now more frequent, I would say, throughout Germany. Um, but probably when I was still a young kid in 15, 16, which legal drinking age in Germany is actually 16. So that's when I first had my first <laughs> beers, apple wine and so forth. Around that time, it was still just very tied to Frankfurt. It's not for everybody. Again, it's a little more in the tart side. Uh, it's not like your your sweet apple cider in the U.S. You can make it. So there's different variations of how we drink it. You know, we drink it with Coke or like Sprite in it, or we drink it with uh, sparkling water. Um, and they each have a different name. So you know, the one with the the Sprite in it, we call it Süßgespritzte, which means uh, um, sweet injected, pretty much. And then you have the one that's they call it Zauergespritzte, which is translated. Uh, bitter injected essentially but it's it's typically just watered down with some sparkling water but but yeah they come in these traditional mugs usually um they call them bimble and that's again something just really for like the frankfurt area um that folks will understand what a bimble really is and that's like this this clay type of mug that just keep the apple wine nice and cool because it is a it's more of a summer drink you know, you sit outside. Germans love, as soon as the, the sun comes out and the weather is nice, Germans love to sit outside. And, and it doesn't get dark here until almost 1030 at night. That's in the summertime. You know, folks love to just hang outside and just drink. I mean, beer is probably Germans' uh, number one choice of drink. But, um, you know, here in this area, you will see a lot of folks drinking every wine. And, and that traditionally is... Uh, they call it, they drink it out of a specific glass called a griptus. And griptus means a ripped one. And it's it's like a checkered style glass. Don't ask me why. That I, I, I've never done my research on why. But <laughs> so many different vessels in the German. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like with beer. We have, you know, wheat beer comes in a tall, skinny glass. Like you would never drink a regular beer out of it. And Pilsner is different from this beer, you know, in, in the way which glasses you use a lot of times yeah. vary. That's, that's more like in a restaurant style but if you're at home you know you might just crack a bottle and just <laughs> I, I, I saw your your is it, it's a it's a bimble is that what you call it bimble yeah bimble i saw yours uh, on uh, instagram and on uh, on your youtube show and it looks awesome i kind of want to get one yeah actually um they're becoming an, uh, a bigger trend now too like there is uh, i think now manufacturers that are just selling the bimble in itself they come in different sizes. So you have the small size that, you know, just have a little personal drink, but then you can have this big three liter one that you and your friends can, can drink. And uh, I was going to say that's for Germans. That's also a personal one. <laughs> yeah, could be, could be depending on uh, 
what kind of night you trying to have? <laughs> uh, that's actually a great transition because we want to know a little bit about like the nightlife that Frankfurt has to offer. Uh, what parts of the city would you say are best if you really want to experience the Frankfurt nightlife? It depends. Uh, and I hate I hate to say that, but it really depends on what mood you're in. Um, uh, <laughs> if you're more in a club scene, like you guys live in Miami, so I know there there's a lot of club scenes there, and you know. I've, Frankfurt has, I would say, a smaller scene like that, sure. Um, it's been a minute that I've been, like, really party partying it up in Frankfurt. Usually, when I go out with my friends nowadays, we kind of go into a spot called Altsachsen. You come into, like, this nice little small old part of uh, Frankfurt, and um, you have, like, this little strip where you have uh, spots called Kneipen. Kneipen is like, like little bar lounges that we have. Uh, so whenever you're looking for a bar in Germany, just asking, where is the next Kneipe? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so they have a couple of spots along there that me and my friends just kind of go a little bar hopping. It's a, it's a scene. <laughs> it's a scene, so... That sounds good. You know, my brother and I, we consider ourselves dive bar connoisseurs. Uh, so we're looking for like the seediest, like kind of dirty, but you know, where the locals go. Is there one that you would recommend a dive bar in Frankfurt? The locals, locals go and one big one that a lot of my friends, especially uh, I have a big uh, connection to the the hip hop scene. A lot of my good friends are actually rappers in in the Frankfurt area too. So um, and one of their favorites is Moselec. Um, that is, I feel like half of the the bars or Kneipen in Germany are dive bars. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> okay. you, you hardly come across any bar that's like brand new with like nice TVs and stuff in it. Like, I'm, I'm like <laughs> Germany is uh, still old school. <laughs> <laughs> I love I love that. You know, that that sounds like our type of place then. Definitely. Yeah, um, oh, no, yeah. And some bars, I mean, or some Kneipen could be like super, super tiny, like the three of us could hardly fit kind of thing. You know, <laughs> I think it's somebody that had like a bar in his backyard or in his cellar or a garage before and then decided to like mainstream it. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little pop-up in the side of a building. Exactly. Uh, so not to get super serious, but uh, it's one thing that I think is really interesting when I'm visiting Central and Eastern Europe is just how much of the area was like ravaged by World War II. And, and a lot of the cities were almost completely leveled um, and, and then have had to build up, uh, which is really interesting. And I really love when, when cities do kind of a restoration. And, and to my understanding, uh, is it Romerberg is, uh, is a restored area of Frankfurt. Yeah, so Wimmerbeck is definitely a restored area. Um, we actually call it, we're referencing more as Rima, which Rima is the, the old city hall, uh, that one particular building. But yeah, that whole square right there is called Wimmerbeck. Not just that area, but almost most of Frankfurt actually got flattened during World War II. And like, there was a lot of bombings. You know, my father was a captain in the army, U.S. Army in uh you know, he's told me uh, a lot of stories on how, like, literally half, more than half of Frankfurt was, was you know, bombed. And uh, I think almost only really leaving um, historical monuments, you know, like churches and so forth, um, upright. So even the opera, the old opera house in uh, Frankfurt was pretty much flattened. So a lot of it is back. Like, when you look at pictures now, they're almost look identical, but a lot of those had to be uh, rebuilt or uh, restored essentially 
Wow. Uh, it's really cool to see the restoration so you can actually experience history prior to that. Uh, that's a really cool area. I think that was one that kind of stood out as being very colorful, very interesting. Yeah, and that area is, is beautiful. That's usually whenever I do my little mini tours with friends and family when they come to try, uh, visit. Start from like the shopping area, um, which to me, depending on how we get, get into the city or whether it's by car or by train, it's, it's a good spot to just stop uh, or park. Get to see the shopping area plus the historical area plus like the odd sucks party area that I was talking about and then you can finish it off with the restaurant that I was mentioning earlier and all of that in one go you know it's a nice lineup I mean, depending on how much time I have with folks I give them the 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 lightning tour or the <laughs> or the extended tour that's great when we're looking into kind of the bigger cultural celebrations and festivals that you have there uh the two major ones that kept popping up were Oktoberfest of course and the uh, the Christmas market so we were wondering which one you prefer. It'll help us like plan out the timing for our trip. So to be honest with you, Oktoberfest has become more mainstream. Oktoberfest is actually something that is more tied to uh, Munich, which is about five hours away from here. So it's, it's not really a Frankfurt tradition. It has now become more mainstream across all of Germany. So therefore you will now find Oktoberfest celebrations in Frankfurt as well. Personally, and, and just something that I guess gives me nostalgia is more so the Christmas market. I mean, that is again, something that's spread across Germany. Um, but the Frankfurt Christmas market is, is very unique. And I do have a lot of cousins that come to travel even from Tennessee. Uh, and they decided, I think, to come in December twice now already just because they do like the Christmas market. So it is something that it, it's very unique um, because, you know, cause there, there it's, it has its own, its own like culture around food drinks. You know, you have blue wine that you will drink, you know, which is like this warm red wine with like spiced cinnamon and oranges and inside of it and you know you have Lebkuchen which is your uh, gingerbread and it, it's it's a great way really that kind of leads you into the whole Christmas spirit because typically yeah. it starts uh, in the beginning of December so for me something I would probably prefer just to kind of build up on the whole Christmas tradition I feel nowadays especially as we're all adulting I feel like Christmas has become more of a hassle got to tra travel to see your family and then it's like all right presents this and that and then you eat and then oh next day you got to work and oh it's so yeah. it's just like really if you want to escape and soak in that whole I guess childhood memory of Christmas uh, a Christmas market will definitely get you there. Very cool. Yeah. I mean, I kind of, I think that the Christmas market sounds really amazing and I've heard that like the whole city is just lit up and there's so much to see and so much to do. And just like that, that atmosphere sounds, sounds great. Yeah. I, I honestly, I, I, it's, I would say just, just plan two trips. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let's just say that we only had one trip and let's say we had a kind of a limited time. So my brother and I like to ask this set of questions that kind of get to narrowing down the things that are must see. Um, I'm going to ask the first question, which tends to be a little bit more pessimistic, and he's going to ask the more optimistic one. So when you're thinking about Frankfurt, what would you say is a, an overrated site that, uh, that is in the city that people tend to see, but uh, is not as great as they make it out to be? Mm, I, Frankfurt, to begin with, is probably not the travel destination for the most, mm -hmm. for most people. 
it's really underrated in my in my um, opinion. It's just because most folks travel to Berlin, Hamburg, and they have an awesome time there. Um, a lot of times it's just skipped. Matter of fact, family and friends typically only come to Frankfurt because they know I live in the, I live in this area. So, but when they come here, they have a super dope experience. So I, I just don't I don't really see something per se saying like it's overrated. I just think the overall city is underrated, and I think the part of why it's underrated because the city is kind of labeled as one of Europe's biggest banking capitals. Mm -hmm. So for the most part, as a traveler, why would you want to travel somewhere where there's trading and banking going on? Like, you know, it's, it doesn't sound as exciting, you know, but the city itself has a lot more to offer than, than just that. But, you know, it's kind of like saying, all right, we're going to go to New York and just go into the, the banking area, you know, like, <laughs> like who's yeah, that's definitely what it sounds like. <laughs> so, to go into the financial districts of <laughs> those areas, you know. So <laughs> that's fair. So that, so that's why I think it's it's um, the whole city just in general underrated. Yeah, I think yeah, a lot of people I think just skip it. A lot. I mean, it's a hub for for air traffic. The Frankfurt Airport is uh, Germany's second largest, and I know I don't know in the top five of Europe's largest airports. There's a lot of layovers that folks have if they're flying to Dubai or even Africa, or wherever else. Like I mean, a lot of folks come flying to Frankfurt, but a lot of individuals don't step outside of the the the, the airport. I know individuals that had six seven hour layovers and just because the city's so underrated they're not even thinking about stepping outside of the airport like friends message me you know from college or whatever and just message me on facebook hey um, i have a layover in frankfurt for four hours is it enough time for me to step outside come back in etc cetera, etc cetera. and i'm like yeah definitely you know just hop on the train and um at least grab yourself a dinner <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's a great answer. That's great. Yeah, and it sounds like that's an important misconception to clear up, that it's not just banks. There's so much more to the city. The last thing we want to cover is taking a step outside of the city. We love to know about different excursions and nature in the area. Are there any like hikes or uh, natural places you like to go around the city that you think are worth checking out? Man. There is so much nature around. Like, again, I live in the metropolitan area. Uh, and it's funny because I live right next to some woods. And friends and family have already, they're like, man, you live right na next to a national park. And I'm like, no, these are just woods. Like, there's no park <laughs> involved in this. Like, <laughs> this is just, and uh, actually my cousin and his friends, when they came, I, I was amazed. They really enjoyed just walking through the woods. Because even in the woods, like right here where I live, there's uh, um, bomb craters, um, you know, from bombs that we as kids grew up in with, and went and took our mountain bikes and everything. <laughs> so, you know, it's... Uh, Germans love outdoors, and um, so there's a lot of nature surrounding, um, you know, the Frankfurt area. Now, is there a particular tour that I can recommend? Unfortunately, I can't say yes to that right now, but I will I will try to dig up something for you. And, uh, <laughs> All right, that's fair, but it's great to know uh, that that's a part yeah, of it. Yeah, because I just went on a hike the other day, and it's it was 20 minutes away. That was 20 minutes away. I saw that hike. That was beautiful. Yeah, and that's, that's, I mean, those, those are just like right around the corner, you know, and that's like, honestly, it's best because everybody's going to tell you something different. So if I asked like an area where I live, if I asked somebody, hey, where to hike, they would give me this destination. If you mm -hmm. go and ask somebody on the east side of Frank, you know, they will give you this information. The west, 
this information. You know? So it just depends on which area you're in. You know, I would probably say, hey, like if you're depend on your Airbnb or where you're staying at, you know, kind of ask around. But Germany is so small that to be honest with you in like an hour, even an hour from Frankfurt. So I lived in Heidelberg, Germany for a little bit, um, which is a totally different state, but it's only an hour away from Frankfurt. And Heidelberg has like this beautiful castle inside of the city. You know, those are things that everywhere you go, you just have to ask a local person like, hey, is there a hike? Is there a sightseeing? Like it's, it's almost, it just depends on where you're traveling to in Germany, how much time you have and wh how, how far you want to drift off the path in this sense, you know? Yeah. Well, that, that sounds really amazing regardless. So, um, you know, the, Frankfurt, I, what you were saying before about it being kind of the, uh, this place that people fly into and out, out of without really paying much mind to the city. I mean, I think that that's, that's hopefully something that changes. Um, it, it sounds like an incredible place and I hadn't looked into it too much until I knew I was going to talk to you. And I think that's another beautiful thing about speaking with people around the world. I mean, if you know where, where Brenton lives, that is a crazy location, it, not Iceland itself, but his actual city really on the edge of the world is just like. Yeah, uh, and I actually, I actually got to meet up with Brenton when I had a layover. So I had a six, no, I had a 12 hour layover at the time. There was an airline called Wow. They just discontinued their service. Some of their business strategy was to fly from certain locations in the US, San Francisco for me, but Boston and so forth, land in Iceland, have a 12 hour layover in Reykjavik and then take you on to in this case they actually flew to Frankfurt so it was pretty cool because I got to you know step out um there's another friend of ours uh, that lives in Iceland her name is Miss she also played uh, college soccer at FIT got to link up with her and then Brenton actually came from his long journey that he mentioned in his uh, <laughs> podcast it was about a I think five or six hour trip but Iceland was beautiful I mean uh, again, I only got to see Reykjavik and its uh, surrounding areas with the Blue Lagoon and so forth, but it was it was a good experience. Definitely a lot of nature. I think he mentioned in his that it's pretty expensive, so <laughs> it was, <laughs> that was uh, it was very noticeable. <laughs> Pierre's guide to Frankfurt made me really excited to go out and see the city, but knowing that it had such a a big airport and it was such a central hub for Europe made me think that it would be fun to incorporate into a bigger trip of the continent. So I asked Pierre for some recommendations about other places that I can see in Germany and Europe uh, during that trip. Well, first, especially to all my American friends and family and your listeners, uh, honestly speaking, when you come to Europe, don't try to rush it. Don't try to conquer the world in, in 10 days. Like really, like I said earlier, make it a second trip, make it a third trip. You know, you're not really doing yourself a justice or a favor really flying into Europe and trying to soak up. And especially because I think your first trip is kind of like your, how should I call this, your IG post trip. And what I mean by that is that you you got to cover all your destinations that are going to get you 100, 200 likes on IG because uh, you, you're posing in front of the Eiffel Tower, you're posing in front of the Big Ben, you know, all of that. Yeah, get that out of your way. Make that, all right, make that one your first, uh, you know, rushed trip, for instance. But but then, you know, go back and, and really soak in the rest of Europe because there's so many other spots to hit up. And, and really, if you want to submerge into the cultures, you want to give a country enough time to really soak it up 
you know, and, and really understand and, and uh, be able to drift off of the path of just staying maybe in the city and seeing the highlights, you know, going maybe and checking out another little city that was never on your radar. Like I saw you taking a little note earlier when I mentioned Heidelberg, you know, probably something that never was on your radar before. But trust me, it's it's one of Germany's known like areas for like just beautiful historical views just because it has a castle that got demolished a little bit but it's been like from the 1500s and it's still sitting in the center of the city and it's just a, a view that is mesmerizing you know and it's it's something that where europe in general is so cheap to fly um across each country like you can literally go from germany to england in an hour flight all right and it's only going to cost you round trip 120 euros or like 150 bucks wow. so that's cheaper than flying from la to san francisco almost so it's it's certainly something that you can explore uh if you whether you want to make it a euro trip you know destinations like i lived i due to my job i actually had the pleasure of being in italy for six months they they moved me to milan italy so you know italy obviously is as beautiful it's a six-hour drive from frankfurt all of those areas are that's what i'm saying you got to bring some time like if you're trying to do it in 10 days you can't really even soak it in because even the drive from frankfurt to milan driving through switzerland i mean it's a breathtaking view you know going through the alps seeing oh, the lake yeah. alps you know it, it's it's one of a one of a kind kind of drives so but before we go i think that we need to hear a little bit more and the audience needs to hear a little bit more about tml uh, where it comes from and, and what your next events are going to be Definitely, definitely. So TML stands for Thank Me Later. It is actually an events company that we started back in 2010. And uh, we started it with a few of my good, good friends in college. Um, it actually started with Obi Kenton. I got to give a shout out to all of them real quick. Obi Kenton, Candace Yinka, Leandre, Kenny, and then Stuart, that was the original crew. And, and we all got together and all of these names that I just mentioned all from a different country, Barbados, Trinidad, uh, Bahamas, but then, you know, uh, Kenya. And I think because we were such a diverse group, our events that we put together in college, you know, we were able to capture anywhere from 50 folks, you know, whether it was just more of a house party or bar style kind of uh, event to, uh, uh, our largest events had almost 2,000 folks, you know, where we had people coming out, big Halloween party. Um, big shout out to DJ Coleon and DJ Yinka. They were the ones that keeping keeping the floor hot and ready at all times. And although my background is, is German, I guess my heart is in the Caribbean a lot. So I travel to Caribbean islands a lot and I have a lot of friends that are in the Caribbean. So, you know, one of my biggest travel destinations is Trinidad and one of my favorite sounds and music you know genres is soca but also dancehall so you know Jamaica and Trinidad right there is just is very close to my heart like that in itself is a culture worth exploring and for us it was kind of like we wanted to introduce um, this is before Afro beats really got big but you know we had such a large African community at our at our college, FIT is a very diverse uh, university where over 50% of populations is actually international. We, we really wanted to bring everybody together, whether it was athletes, whether it was sororities, fraternities, international, locals. We just wanted to make sure that everybody had a, a platform that they come together and just be one. And 
it's, it's something, like I said, that started 10 years ago. Um, we've kind of, after college, you know, the real world knocked on the door, but it's something that we're now starting back up and uh, starting to throw events, uh, got some more merchandise and uh, closing lifestyle brand that we're bringing out now. The cap that I'm wearing right now as well, you know, it's, it's, it's something that um, folks can identify. Once you've uh, been at a TML party, you will know. And, and it's so funny the the name stands for thank me later. Uh, and it's just like, folks have come up to us and be like, got to thank you now. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but it, it's like, honestly, you know, it's, it's really something, um, we're all humble folks and, and it's just like, we love to have a good time, you know, just want to make sure that we we're able to combine cultures and allow people to really soak in different cultures. So we had folks, you know, you Americans and, uh, or dancing dance hall moves, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we were introduced to Brenton by our friend uh, Simon, and he says that Toronto Carnival rivals anyone that you could find in the whole world. So we're gonna Which have to Simon is this? Simon Cummings. You probably know yeah. him. Yeah, Simon's been to TML parties. <laughs> no, I definitely know Simon. Simon, like we all, like I said, FIT is such a small school. Like yeah. Simon was, man, I was like he made ESPN for shooting ten three pointers back to back. Really? <laughs> oh. Yeah. He didn't mention that one. Oh my he didn't god. Didn't talk about it. No. Diamond holding back. <laughs> <laughs> he was humble that day. Hey, this has been an awesome interview. Uh, we cannot thank you enough for uh, for coming on and and taking some time out of your trip because you're still there with family. So we appreciate you so much for having an open conversation with us. Uh, and also just making sure that we feel welcome to Frankfurt as well when we come. You know, you have a lot of travel stories, so, you know, maybe you could uh, come back on another time and, and tell us some more about your adventures. Would love to. And just right. thank me later. <laughs> that's, a, <laughs> that's where it's going to cut. <laughs> wow, what a great interview. You know, it, it was challenging at times, um, and this is – there were important topics that were addressed. I think Pierre did an amazing job explaining things, being open to the questions, and, and being really honest with us all the time. You know, one thing that I really liked about this interview was the question about, is there a destination you've been to that was especially meaningful as an African-American or Afro-German, we should say? And I loved his response about Africa. But Brendan, I wanted to ask you, has there been a destination that we've been to that felt especially meaningful as a Jewish man. We've both been to Israel several times and feel a strong connection to that country. So obviously being there, I feel a tremendous amount of like welcome and inclusiveness being in that country. In particular, I love my time in Tel Aviv. There's history covering that country. Like everywhere you go is some major historical landmark. But Tel Aviv is interesting because it's the most modern city and I love that it offers a glimpse of like contemporary Jewish life, especially with all of the like younger people that live there. Yeah, that's awesome. Of course, I think of Israel all the time when I ask this question to myself. But I also always think back to the Jewish cemeteries that you can find in Eastern Europe. And, and the ones in particular that I've come across was uh, the one in Prague, uh, which is really interesting. It's, it's quite small, but it's still pretty well preserved. And also one in Warsaw which is almost inaccessible, really, and it's so overgrown. And um, I think that it's interesting that, that those were moving moments to see that, to see a history where Jews did live in these cities 
prior to what happened during the Second World War. But yeah, I mean, it, it's cool to encounter these sites that kind of just hit you in a different way because of your background and your history. Visiting those cemeteries sounds really cool. And I like that it's not your typical sightseeing destination. Like it takes some time to get to and some, some research. One of the things about Pierre's interview that really stood out to me was when he recommended that you go to Europe and you really spend some time. Europe to me has always seemed like a place that you go to to kind of check off these incredible boxes. Like you see the Colosseum and you see the Vatican City in Rome and you always have an itinerary and you're just go, 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 go all the time. Going to see some of these places in Central and South America that are a little bit less um, touristy or a little bit less popular to go to has shown me that there's really a lot of value in taking time out of your trip to just sit and take in the city. And talking to Pierre has made me really want to do that again in Europe mm -hmm. and like really feel some of the places and not feel this need to hop on a tour bus and see the top five places in Barcelona. Yeah, I think that that's an awesome point. I, I really took that to heart as well. I mean, I think that that's been kind of our approach to all of the cities that we've talked about so far. Um, but this is one of the like first main European cities yeah. that we visited. Yeah. And, and so I agree. I think it's a, it's a different kind of feeling when you're in Europe because there is so much history and there's so many sites. I feel like you exhaust yourself and you leave not feeling like you know any more about the country than what you could find on Wikipedia. And some of the best memories I have of our trips are of just finding squares where they will like bring out beer there's a beautiful park and you can sit and have a drink and watch what people do at like five o'clock after work yeah i totally agree and it sounds like frankfurt has a lot of those opportunities to just grab a beer maybe at one of the kneipen and check out what life is like in the city also when i get to frankfurt i'm gonna have to have some schnitzel with green sauce as pierre would say <laughs> it was great that chef boy p made a, a an appearance make sure you check out his youtube channel um, because his insight on the food was really valuable and that's always something we love. So whether it's in uh, Frankfurt or Oakland, one thing I really do hope is that Chef Boy P whips us up something from his German menu. Uh, we had a great time interviewing Pierre. Make sure you stay tuned for another episode of the Cotta Brothers Travel Club coming up really soon. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Thanks for listening to the Cotta Brothers Travel Club. This is a good chance to let you all know that we have a website. Go to cottabrotherstravelclub.com to find our city guides, travel essays, and the best way to contact us directly. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Look for Cotta Bros underscore Travel Club. We want to keep building this community of explorers, so please hit us up on social media or on our website so you can share your adventures and stories from around the world. Finally, we know these are challenging times. This podcast was our outlet for self-expression, and we appreciate our listeners, friends, and family that are helping us to make it possible. However, if you are ever feeling sad, isolated, or even displaced, please reach out to us. Even the most experienced traveler gets lost sometimes and needs some help to find their way. We hope you'll tune in next time, and most importantly, welcome to the club.